breaking news from The Athletic. Hey everybody, this is Scott Burnside from The Athletic NHL with some breaking news on this St. Patrick's Day, March 17th. The Buffalo Sabres surprising almost no one by announcing that head coach Ralph Kruger and assistant coach Steve Smith had been relieved of their duties. Don Granato taking over as interim head coach as the Buffalo Sabres try and pick up the pieces from yet another lost season. Joining me, our man in Buffalo, John Vogel, and my good friend, Pierre Lebrun, to break this all down. John, let's start with you. And I'd like to, a personal opinion, just before we get to the news of the day, outstanding work by you covering the Sabres for The Athletic these past uh, few months. It, it, it can't have been easy. You and I were talking before we started to record. Last playoff appearance, 2011 what's it like for you to finally find out that that uh, Kevin Adams the uh, rookie GM of the Buffalo Sabres had uh, after a, a long period of debate and and soul searching presumably has decided to make a coaching change what's it been like for you yeah it was just uh lately it's just been a wait and see approach i mean you're just waiting for it to come because they're 0 10 and 2 in the last 12 2 15 and 2 and some years that was expected. I mean, during this past decade of uh, dysfunction, there have been a lot of years where the Sabres weren't trying to win. But this year they went out and they got Eric Stahl. They got Taylor Hall. Um, there wasn't an expectation in town that they were going to make the playoffs, but there was an expectation that, that they were going to contend for a playoff spot. And once that slipped away almost immediately, it was just kind of a wait and see thing. And uh, the one thing Kevin Adams said he had to balance was the players still liked Ralph. They liked going to the rink with him. They liked playing for him. Um, but the results simply weren't there, and he just couldn't wait any longer. In fact, John, you were so sure that this coaching change was coming that you wrote your list of coaching candidates the day before it happened. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Sabres game, on, uh, Sabres game earlier this week, Monday against Washington, all the signs were there. Um, unfortunately, yeah. we've seen a few coaching changes here lately, and you could just tell that after Monday's six nothing loss to Washington, that uh, time was up. Yeah, and I, I and I feel uh, I, I feel bad for Ralph Kruger. I, I can tell you that I've traded text messages with him today, although I'm not going to share um, meant to be between him and I. I mean, I as you know, John, I got a lot of time for Ralph Kruger. He's really one of the most fascinating people I've met in sports in my career. But, you know, you didn't get the job done. It is what it is. I mean, there's no sugarcoating it. Um, and it may be that when it comes to Ralph, I mean, it, it, is he better suited at this time of his, this stage of his career, you know, on the business management side uh, and who knows what sport? I mean, the guy the guy is a pretty big toolbox. But um, but it, it's too bad it didn't work in Buffalo because, you know, I, I think he's one of the reasons Taylor Hall actually signed in Buffalo, to be honest. Um, because Taylor Hall wanted to play for Ralph Kruger. And, um, but at the end of the day, you cannot blame Kevin Adams for this decision because it was clear that this wasn't going to turn around. Yeah, you mentioned the, you mentioned Ralph as a person. He was fascinating to, to talk to, um, and that didn't change. The only thing that did change was talking hockey. It got stale. I mean, I can see why um, when he goes into tournaments and short tournaments, his teams have success. I mean, the Sabres started 9-2-1 and one under him. Uh, it's just the message doesn't seem to be able to get through long term, but I mean, short term, he can come in and change a team around. It was just in this instance, anyway, it was just the long term didn't work out for him. Yeah, mm-hmm. John, I'm, I'm I'm curious what you think the the the, the priorities are for Kevin Adams now between uh, having made the coaching change and turned things over to Don Granato, 
what are the priorities as we head into the April 12th trade deadline? Um, you know, Pierre and I have talked about it on our podcast. It, it's so difficult to make moves um, given the flat cap and LTIR law injury issues across the uh, the NHL. But what what could people reasonably expect from this team between now and the deadline, do you think? Yeah, well, the one thing that Kevin said today that caught me a little uh, off guard and surprising was that he's in the, he's searching for an assistant GM. Um, he had said a couple of times that he wasn't sure he needed that, but obviously since June he's learned that hey, he could use some help. So that was a big uh, that was a big announcement that he's got an assistant GM search going on. But between now and the deadline, it's just move any and all UFAs. I mean, they've got they've got a few good pieces. They've got Taylor Hall. You've got Eric Stahl. Uh, there could be interest for Brandon Montour and Toby Reeder. I mean, there's some players that he can move and make calls on. And really between now and April 12th, that's the only thing he's got to do is just uh, try and get some assets for those guys. Right. And did, John, did you have the same interpretation I did when I asked Kevin Adams on that call about Taylor Hall? Because the Sabres have been pretty consistent from the day they signed Taylor Hall that they had interest in at least Talking about an extension doesn't mean they were going to, you know, do it, but they certainly want to have that conversation with Taylor Hall and Darren Ferris, the agent. When I asked about it today, it felt to me like, you know, that ship has sailed. Even though he said he was open-minded, it, it felt to me like if if that was truly how they still felt, he would have said so. I, I think to me now the approach is, you know, would Taylor Hall wave and, and, and where can I put him? Yeah, I think that's, def- that's definitely the case. The, uh, yeah, they were, as you mentioned, they were definitely open for making this a long-term thing. They just needed, even if with just a little success, I think they would have started the talks and continued on. But now with this just being a lost season, I don't really see much uh, reason for either side to sign up right now. And, hey, there's another offseason coming. Maybe they could chat again. But for the time being, I mean, I'm sure Taylor wants to play for a team that's going to have a playoff shot. And the Sabres, as we said, there's just there's no there's no season past May here. John, I'm I'm curious. I mean, Taylor Hall's in the short term probably the most interesting uh, element there, um, but certainly, and Pierre and I have talked about this. It's been out there. What do you think the future for Jack Eichel is in Buffalo? He's just 24. Obviously, the captain of this team is under contract long term at uh, 10 million dollars a year. Do you see that this change um, uh, sort of reassures that Jack Eichel? is part of this plan long-term uh, with the Buffalo Sabres, or, or do, you, do you see it differently? And what might what does that look like at, uh, as Kevin Adams looks to find a new coach at some point uh, to move this team forward? One thing I found interesting, the last question of the news conference was about Jack Eichel and his future. And after tackling every issue head-on during his half-hour news conference, Kevin kind of slipped past that one. Uh, he didn't say a lot about it. He just said, my door is always open for Jack, um, but he didn't commit to the future. I mean, that might have been telling or maybe it was he was just ready to wrap up. Uh, so it's one of those two things. But uh, uh, I think it's a, it's a bit it's the decision in Buffalo right now. Um, sure, the, the next coach is a big one, but here they, here's a guy they threw away two seasons for to get their number one center. They're hopefully the guy who would lead him back into prominence. And now. After six years, you, they they're in the same spot. So that is the big decision. I don't know. That's uh, Kevin's biggest one, without a doubt. But but it's certainly a summer decision either way, don't you think? Like I mean, I, I kind of when I saw Jack Eichel's name on some trade boards, I mean, I don't even know how you can trade Jack Eichel before April twelfth. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, it I definitely mean, makes sense. I mean, especially for the money, you can't, not every team can fit 10 million and why limit uh, the amount of trade partners you got? And right. that doesn't even bring in the fact he's hurt at the moment. Uh, while Kevin, I was going to say, yeah. While Kevin Adams said he might be back by the end of the year. There's no guarantee. We heard in a one, one speculation about his injury was up to eight weeks, which would be, mm-hmm. so we'll see. And I always felt that after the rumblings, remember the, the Bob McKenzie tweets from the off season, John, and you know, when Bobby tweets, we all know to make sure we read every letter and read between the lines, but clearly, and I did some of my own digging. I know you did as well, John, there was obviously, there were conversations last off season between Eichel, his camp and the Sabres and my sense of it. And you can tell me if you agree was, okay, let's, you know, come back, let's have a season and then let's, Let's meet again after next year and see where, where we're at on this. That's always a sense I had about this season was that this was a bit of a trial for everyone involved and that they would sort of circle back on the Eichel front after this season. Yes, I would agree with that. I mean, if this had been another year where Jack Eichel scores 36 goals and the Sabres finish in last place, then, hey, maybe uh, he definitely makes a push. But uh the one difference is this year he's played, spent most of the year hurt. Um, and instead of 36 goals, he has two. So, I mean, he's, he, he's not happy with himself either, along with being unhappy with the team. And that, I think, uh, he's got, uh, he's got a little bit to prove to both the organization and himself. I think once he gets back to being healthy. And, and I think, you know, I can't believe I'm saying this because I, I, I'm still a big fan of Jack Eichel. I think he's tremendously talented. Clearly not been healthy most of the year. But in this flat cap environment where I can't recall in the 15 years we've had the cap in the NHL, team executives tell me how valuable cap space is as it is right now. I don't know that you're going to have 10 teams lined up for Jack Eichel if he's on the market this summer. Like I, I And again, it wouldn't be that people didn't think he's a good player. I think it's 10 million is 10 million. So, at the end of the day, if they put him on the market, there's going to be a buyer. There's no question. You you can make – you absolutely can make a Jack Eichel deal. But my point is that it may not have been with as many trade partners in the auction room as he might have thought a year ago, I guess is what I would say. Yeah, that makes sense. And especially with – it's not just one or two years of $10 million. He's got uh, five more years after this one. So, it's a long-term investment for whoever is interested. Yeah. Uh, before we wrap up, I want to ask both you uh, gentlemen this question. Uh, you know, we talk about Jack Eichel, but this is a Saber team with with seemingly lots of positive assets, and you know, whether it's a guy like Sam Reinhart who's twenty five, and Victor Olafson twenty five, also uh, Dylan Cousins is twenty, and of course, uh, former first overall pick Rasmus uh, um, Rasmus Dahlin still at twenty years of age. Lots to like there. John, let's start with you. What kinds of qualities do you think a new head coach, and, and whether it's, you know, we sort of assume Don Granato uh, maybe a placeholder, but uh, whether it's Don Granato or somebody else, what kind of qualities do you think are important for a new head coach to come into Buffalo and maybe rewrite this narrative? Uh, I think on the ice, the one thing they're going to have to embrace is an offensive thing. Um, Ralph's defensive principles came up every day. Um, which were fine when you didn't have a lot of talent up front. But the, after all the additions in the offseason, which you mentioned, the Sabres expected to play a little uh, play a little faster, play a little harder in the offensive zone, and Ralph's system kind of didn't uh, lend itself to that. So that's one thing they'll definitely want is someone with that. 
But one thing that uh, Kevin Adams said today is someone who will uh, hold these guys accountable. Um, it's no secret these same group of players have had three or four coaches now. Um, there's a sense from some people that the room is kind of running things and they they could use someone to come in and really make, make it, uh, while being their friend, also show them that they're in charge and, and that what they're doing works. So they need a combination of someone who can put it on ice product and work the room a little. Well, I got I got terrible news for you, John. Daryl Sutter is no longer available uh, because you just des- described them. Uh, but I tell you that you know, to me, there are two ideal candidates because I think you have to hire a veteran coach at this point. In my mind, it may not be what Kevin Adams ends up doing, and who knows what the purse strings are like. I mean, they're paying Ralph Kruger for another year at three point seven five million, and as I tweeted today, they're paying. Jason Botterill, Steve Greeley, and Randy Sexton through June of 22. So a lot of money going out the door right now for the Buffalo Sabres. But to me, if they don't interview Bruce Boudreaux and Gerard Gallant, then then I'm at a loss. Yeah, Like, those are veteran coaches. Bruce Boudreaux, his offensive uh, mind, his winning percentage everywhere he's gone. And then with Gerard Gallant, have you ever met a player that didn't like playing for Gerard Gallant? I mean, it, it, like all he get, all he does everywhere he goes is players going through a wall for him. So to me, as long as money's not an issue, because neither one of those guys would be cheap. Yeah, to me, those two guys have to be in the, in, in in the discussion. You mentioned money. Billy Leno finally came off the books. They've still got, <laughs> they've still got Christian Ehrhoff and Cody Hudson on there, but uh, there's still some money, I think, maybe. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining our breaking news coverage today. Go to the Athletic's new headlines section for much more on this story. And to get access to all of the Athletic's great sports content, visit theathletic.com slash headline pod, where you can find our latest subscription offer at just $3.99 per month. John Vogel, Pierre Lebrun, thanks very much, guys. Excellent work. Mm-hmm.